0: It's absolutely a pleasure just to uh, finally connect up with you. It's, it's, it's always a dream come true. It's insane.
1: <laughs> right on, man.
0: I uh, oh, look, so all I'm going to do is a little bit of an intro for, uh, for the show myself, okay. and then I'll introduce you, and then we could just get into the interview, and hopefully you've got a half an hour, an hour to sort of spend with me. Um, if there's any yeah. topics that are taboo, just let me know. Um I've got a whole bunch nah, of not really. that's awesome. I've got a couple of questions, just you know, um basic sort of stuff into the into some of all the work that you've done. I've even got look at this. I had to pull them out of my collection. I've got the original Yeah, <laughs> uh, there you go. And and a class and that's that's seriously one of the records right there that got me into heavy metal music. Like coming from a classical guitar background. Um yeah. it's uh it's amazing and so yeah. Amazing to be able to show you those two
1: things. (laughs) Right on, man. Yeah, that's that's cool.
0: Well, look, I'm going to do the intro and we'll just get right into it. Okay. Awesome. It's the only podcast in the world that is a complete shit show. My name is Turchin. With me today is a is a very very special guest, someone who who introduced me to a whole new world of music. For me, it's a huge celebrity, and I hope for you after this uh, this recording, it will be for you too. He's an incredible vocalist, a lyricist, a songwriter. The Stockyard Skinner's own Maximum Bob. Thank you so much for coming on the show hey, with Turch. me today.
1: All right, right on, man. Now, so are Turch. Yeah, I like that name, by the way. It's Turch,
0: yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's a shortened version of my very long Italian surname, and uh, that's what oh, I've been my go. my whole life.
1: <laughs> right on, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, look, thank you once again. It's been a very long time in the making to get you uh, on the show, and I think yeah. I've been following your music for a very, very long time. Um, like I said in the very right quick on. introduction, there you help me get into the heavier style of music with heavier vocals and guitar playing and a whole bunch of really cool stuff. You've worked with a whole bunch of people. Uh, A lot of people may not know who you are as much as I know who you are. Mm -hmm. So I thought I would give them a quick introduction and then we can keep going with this lovely interview. Right on. So uh, you started. You're the lead singer of, or back in the day, the Dally Creeps, and now your current version of the Dally Creeps called the Stockyard Skinners. I, I'm guessing it's sort of the the new version of it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, about half and half right now. Although the new songs are are in development, and we're we're actually really close with four of them. That's they amazing. should be. We're gonna play them live next. Like, and probably in the next month. That's so.
0: awesome. That's absolutely awesome. So you've had the opportunity back in the day to work with not only Buckethead from and Pinch Face and stuff like that, but Mike Patton from, from Faith No More and a Mr. Bungle album, which is yeah. insanity. That was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, love, it was pretty awesome. I've definitely got to talk lovely. to you about that. Uh, you've All worked right. with Serge Tankian from System Over Down on the Enter the Chicken album with, with Buckethead and yep. Friends. Uh, you've even been yep. able to, on, on a Praxis album. <laughs>
1: Yep, which yeah, which is
0: amazing as well, and I've got that on yeah. vinyl somewhere as well. And oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and you, you recently put together the Stockyard Skinners and released a whole bunch of songs, like you said, coming up with their new album. i hoping that I didn't miss anything, but if I did, I hope I get to talk about it with you while we do this interview.
1: That's pretty much it, other than my early life that no one knows about, but <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, yeah it's, uh... well,
0: how about we start with there then? What got you into into music and what got you into singing?
1: Well, when I was a kid, I was really into the Beatles. You know, my, I picked up anything that my aunts and uncles had mm-hmm. vinyl, and so I would listen to this and that. And then, then I shifted off to Queen and and Cheap Trick, and so it kind of got me more into like a little more, you know, strange. I mean, in 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 retrospect, it's nothing now, but mm. um, and then uh, then I discovered punk. You know, yeah. and so once I got into punk you know, living in LA, we were right in the heart of Black Flag and everything else. And I, I went to dozens and dozens and dozens of shows when I was 14, 15, 16. In fact, sometimes I, I can't tell people that I went to a show, you know, my kids when they're like, well, that was show was in San Francisco. How old were you? Oh, I was like 14. Well, how'd you, how'd you do that? Oh, I told my mom I was spending the night at someone's house, you know, in town. Then we get in the car and just drive wherever we want. But um so you know, I was into hard and edgy you know I was definitely um but also with words that that you know sent a message I wasn't as into the stuff that was that wasn't political you know like I appreciated some of the like the germs and you know I don't know later on misfits and stuff like that but mostly I liked words to matter more in my at least that was my perspective yeah, yeah, yeah. you know saying something being pissed off about politics and the way things were and you know, anyways, a good thing we're not in punk bands now because we probably just we wouldn't even know where to start. Oh, it's, but uh,
0: Especially in your political climate down in the USA, oh it's, in comparison yeah. to Australia, um, look, the, at least you've got the consistency of a single president there. I think in the last uh, five or six years in Australian politics, we've had about five or six prime ministers. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, that's and, right. And it's been... um. Yeah.
0: But nothing changes for us. It's 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 almost uh, it's almost like the same parties in politics, but it's it's very strange like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that so I went to Damien High School, which is also where where Brian Carroll went, Buckethead. Yeah, yeah. And so when we first uh, kind of met, started hanging out, we were introduced by some other people who who knew both of us. And uh, so he was listening to you know more rock and metal. I mean at that point he'd already started to to really deconstruct some pretty heavy duty players. Mm. And so then I come into his world and I'm this crazy punker, right? And there <laughs> weren't a lot of them at Damien. And I came from Chino and I was like I was crazy, right? And I would get up in front of all these people and tell jokes and just, you know, take take like an audience in the quad and then and so we just started hitting it off. And then the more I was, you know, hanging out with him I think I infected him with the crazy, but then, but then he infected me with, you know, appreciating precision and and um, you know, more of the skilled playing. But it was a mind blower, right? I mean, he he was, at that point, you know, there, there really was no reference for how he how he played. You know, I I'd say I mean I watched him dissect players, and he would eat what what he needed from them and i can't put it in any other way no it's amazing i mean he, yeah he could find someone like i mean even at that point paul gilbert was was at first daunting and then within a couple months three months no, you know and Yngwie, i mean yngde he just that took about a seemed like a month i can see, i mean I can you know see, he listened to him
0: i've listened to so much of of his stuff and i still collect his stuff i, I like he's one of the guys with yourself Got me into that heavier style of music, uh, mainly because I came yeah. from a classical guitar background, and I loved the precision in his playing, and like, yeah, like yeah. you said, the contrast with your um, I don't, um, insane vocal lines and melody lines, and and you know, uh, it, for me, it was in a combination I never thought was possible within the music space. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I can hear, I can like, that. there's a little bit of Malmsteen, there's a little bit of Queen, there's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, even with his own playing. And I, th- yeah. I feel like you two just complemented each other in a way that I, I haven't seen in a, you know, I hadn't seen as of yet within my musical experience.
1: Yeah, I, I think in the early years, well, the first year and a half of playing that I helped like, if we went on... We went in some of the biggest dives, a freaking hamburger Oh, oh we played it at a Straw Hat Pizza. And I busted through the stage, no less. And they had a little, like, two-foot-high stage made of plywood, and we're raging in this pizza parlor. People are sitting at their tables eating pizza and drinking beer and just can't even understand what the hell is going on. Like, we made no sense. We didn't make sense to anybody in Southern California, and it was so out of left field. And, you know, people would would approach me and say, oh, you're you're really into Captain Beefheart or, oh, you're really into Zappa. At, frankly, and this is the God's honest truth, at that point in time, I had never even heard of those bands. I didn't grow... I mean, I knew who Zappa was, but I didn't ever listen to Captain Beefheart. I, was I say- didn't listen to any... I mean, it was like, oh, really? I'll check them out to see why you think that. And, you know, but I was just coming from here. You absolutely know?
0: insane to he- hear that because at the same time I was getting into your stuff, I was also listening to Frank Zappa and beef heart and i'm like jesus christ i can hear lots of similarities and then-
1: yeah well and i appreciated that later when i listened like oh yeah i could see where people would mm. see that and and zappa was i mean you know i knew about him because my my aunts and uncles would some of them listened or they would just talk about him because he was so uh you know he was a little bit of a troublemaker and and mm. and such a spearhead which was great but um yeah i don't know so we so here we are we're kind of playing this crazy music but then he's really super shy right he yeah he didn't have that that stage thing yet no. and then i had this punk rock i don't give a damn i'll go up i'll, I'll make a fool of myself so it's almost like i'll take the damage and then you you can just learn to to handle the stage. you know what i mean and so we slowly developed. and within a year he was you know he was fine like he i mean yeah he still wanted to kind of be behind the the persona which is cool it was even that freaked people out and people couldn't understand why um someone who was as good as he was didn't want notoriety didn't want you to see his face and just praise him and you know and so he was always such a, a you know atypical sort of persona that that i mean everybody who went into metal and rock almost all of them were doing it because they wanted something right and it was like with him he didn't really want anything he just wanted to get off and have fun and and of course and be good at what he's doing but Um, so and it just if we fed off of each other and i'll i'll be honest the best thing about all those early years is we'd be up on stage and you know you can't see his face Mm. and if you know him well enough you'd learn to read his body language Mm. so i know when i'm doing something crazy and i'd look over he's laughing right because he's like shaking and then if i'm close to him i totally hear him laughing you know and 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 that was the that was the whole gist of our band was How do we all make each other freak out? Like, I didn't really give a shit what the audience thought. I I liked it. They started to like it. Um, But I didn't... It was all about just us and, like, having fun. And then... But because we were so, I guess, real in in our unrealness, um, that people started to really respond, especially once we went to the Bay Area. I mean, that was... And I think yeah, that's that where a big.
0: lot of those videos come from in the Young Buckethead DVDs. And I have had uh, I was able to import some of those into this country, which is sometimes harder to get in than you might think. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, looking at some of those, and you're absolutely right. There are some videos, and I'm assuming some of those videos come from that Bay Area when you started doing gigs there, like with a bit more, I would say high-profile gigs, but a bit more, yeah. you know, uh, bigger shows and stuff like that. And you can see, you know... You're doing something on stage, and then Pinch Face on drums is doing something, yeah. and then Buckethead. You can sort of see him sort of laughing underneath or doing something that's that's triggering yourself, triggering you know, yeah. your bassist at the time. And it's just this magic of you know musical unity to create something insane on stage. If you had to try to explain it, especially me trying to explain it to my parents, it's like look at these oh. crazy people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my dad. It, did, it wasn't easily uh,
1: packed. <laughs> pegged, uh, you know, discussion. And, and then of course you had to explain why you wanted to listen to it. Yeah. In fact, I was thinking when you, you know, you said that the exposure to the lyrics, uh, you know, like, of course some of them were, were about some horror type of topics, but then the, the cow stuff, I mean, I just have this cause I grew <laughs> up in a cow town, right? Chino, California has massive dairies. And so cows were sort of a part of my life, but I didn't, I didn't work on a dairy or a farm, Yeah. but then and then, you know and like we would drive up north and we'd pass all the really big industrial dairies and you know like the, the time that we heard this crazy sound out the window when we were driving with the window open and i just immediately said oh you know what that was and they're like no what the hell was that And i'm like oh man that's the whistling banshee of the shit yard and they're like what and then i i just came up with it on the spot like like the story about the you know, this is a true story. Cows get baling wire caught in their stomachs from right. when they're eating hay. They swallow pieces of wire. And so after a while, they get balled up, you know, sort of with this wire. So a guy's got to shove his hand up their ass with a big magnet and try to pull <laughs> oh it on God. out. And that's a true story. That's true. So so I have this vision in my head that this guy puts his hand in, but this cow is sort of supernatural or just really crazy big. And, and uh, he gets sucked in. And so his head gets sucked up the cow's ass and then he chokes to death. <laughs> and so this this sound you're hearing is his ghost and he's the whistling banshee of the shit yard. And so we did a... That was a song. It, it never became on record, but it was always an interlude that we did live and um, it's still one of my favorite things ever. That's amazing. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah.
0: Uh, I was going to say, I-, I think I got the first two Dally Creeps um, demo tracks, which are scattered around the internet and very hard to find these days, especially without... Um, I think torrents are sort of dying off as a, a sort of thing with, um, with the yeah, internet changing and yeah. in the way it is. But that's how I initially got it, and yeah, it's so raw and the stories that you tell and the lyrics behind it with the mu- the insane music happening behind it does tell a story. I remember the first time listening to Boomshakka and going, yeah. Jesus Christ, like, wow, that was, you know, the music. I was what insane. is that? The music was insane. Oh. It's you know, it's about cows, like you're continuing on that sort of theme. And the whole story, and you're like, Jesus Christ, this is about a slaughterhouse and just shipping meat off to McDonald's, basically. Yeah. yeah. And but the imagery and that you put into the mind and, and um you know, I think lots of comparisons have, have been have been made with you and, like the first like um uh what's it called, Texas Chainsaw Massacre with that crazy guy oh, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. And I could absolutely. I think at the same time, you know, I think I just watched that for the first time, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because the oh, new first, one's not as yeah. good. And I could see the parallels, and I could see that imagery, and it was absolutely, absolutely fascinating to sort of to sort of see oh, that in a song.
1: I w- I mean, i will be the first one to admit that, um, especially Bill Mosley. I mean, he had he had a lot of influence on us. Just his. I mean, uh, not not necessarily so much of these content but just his delivery and his mm. that that very you know fast sort of yeah staccato way that he would speak i don't know it was it was cool you know and so yeah he he, he rubbed off on us and i mean you know, it's no mystery but bucket is is the world's i swear for, foremost expert on horror movies i mean i'll tell you this i messed him up maybe with punk and he was tripping out on a little of the intensity but then i'd go to his house and he'd pull out the craziest movies that were like You know, back then it was harder to get that stuff too. It wasn't, you couldn't just download it on the internet. And, you know, I mean, Cannibal Holocaust and stuff like that. I'm like, like, dude, like, why are we watching this? But then (laughs) on the outside, in the band, I was supposed to be the one that was all crazy and about killing people, right? But behind the scenes, he was way more into that stuff than I was. So I'm like, yeah, whatever,
0: man. Uh, It's funny. My friend introduced me to Cannibal Holocaust, the film. And then he's like, we watch it and afterward he goes. So do you want to play the song? Like he's a guitar player. He's like do you want to play the, the intro music? I'm like, what the hell? Like it's the most beautiful, calm melody.
1: Yeah, yeah, it <laughs> and, is. And
0: then it goes it to this insane film, which is insane um, yes. and gory, it, and, and you know, uh, almost seems too real to be um, a film. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Um,
1: yeah, it was, it's kind of gone. So.
0: Yeah, so you're playing all these shows, and how do you connect up with the guys from? I guess at this point in time it was Mike Patton and Mr. Mr. Bungle at that point in time. How did you connect up I, with them?
1: Oh, back then it was um, it was Kristen Yee was was their manager, and she obviously is uh, Brain's cousin, and so I think Bucket had already been talking to Brain. And he met Les at, uh, early on at NAMM show down here. And so he started getting kind of, plug- this is before we even moved up there. I was going to say, this um, is like, that, ni-
0: like, we're talking like early 90s at this stage?
1: Yeah, like yeah. probably 90. Yeah. Probably 90. Yeah, early 90. So, and then, so then he, he sent some our demo tape up to her. And apparently, like the Bungle guys all just freaked out because, you know, they hadn't, I mean, no one had heard us. so. Yeah they were like oh my god get those guys to come play with us and so yeah and so then we went and and honestly they were all really rad dudes i mean they really are they were super ridiculously creative and um but i like i hung out a lot with trey during the recording of the album and like we would we would sit at different fur studios and uh i was like i was ridiculously uh good at tetris the original yeah yeah. and so um i would literally have like five or six or seven people sitting around just watching me play (laughs) and i remember this time like they watched me and i was on like level 26 and i'm roll i actually rolled like 99 lines at 90 at 26 before i turned to 27 if you know anything about tetris that's ridiculous right that's level tetris right there yeah I, i i looked at nintendo's magazine one time with the score list and I'm like, shit! I would have been in the top ten. Yeah, you know, like I, I didn't know that. I'm like, wow, I was good. But anyways, he, Trey, just said, dude, I get it now. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you guys are the same person. It's just that your brain is really smart in some ways, and his brain is, you know, like we were both kind of, like, you know, kind of freaks. And and um, my, I that's why I was always into improv because I, you know, especially back then, you know, yeah. you got that young young energy flowing through you and I could just come up with anything any minute like some new craziness is going to come out and then with him it's the that's what it was here like musically yeah and so it was just a match you know it was good and I I like being in this band I'm in now with with the stockyard Skinner's I'm playing with this 19-year-old who's just ridiculous, Ryan Feliciano. And I've
0: seen some videos of him on your Instagram and some of the stuff. And he's just—he can just play. He can play.
1: He's only 19. (laughs) Yeah, he's only 19. And and you know what? I'm impressed by um by he's you know we started doing the Deli Creep songs, and it's really hard to play a legend, you know, and to try to do. And so he's he's adapting a little bit and and improving and making it more his. Yeah. And he's finding some rhythm changes here and there that just and it, it helps me cuz I feel like I don't want to be in a cover band of my own band, you yeah, know what that's I mean? Right. I want to be in a live thing which is alive now. But that being said, like it, it it gives me an appreciation for how much of an effect Buckethead Buckethead has had on this entire young generation of guitar players because you know, he's a monster. And, and, like, he's a monster in ways that, unfortunately, and I and I really don't mean this as though there's something I want out of it, mm. but I wish he'd written more music for singers because the dude, besides being killer at all this, what yeah. if they, you know, that's wonderful. But his riff writing and his feel for for just song. Mm. It, like, I I went in when he was doing the Guns N' Roses stuff and um heard one of the songs that bass got kind of they didn't use on Chinese democracy. Mm. I'm telling you right now, flat out, it's one of the baddest songs I've ever heard in my life, regardless, (laughs) all bands. I I was like, totally like, dude. And when he told me, yeah, they're not going to use it. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Like, this is the baddest music I've ever heard. And so, like, I kind of wish he'd been in more bands, you know, just to be like, because I love song, man. I grew up queen, right? You know, like, like I come from how do you make the singer... How do you make the song? Mm. You know, and um, anyways, I just think. And so this kid, and he's got the, the sky's the limit for him. Mm. And um, but I'm I'm happy to get it, get to sing the songs. I love some of them. They, you know, they're amazing. I mean, they're, they're, they're a part of me. Yeah. And I still feel it. Like I get up on stage. In fact, our last show, I will say, even though there weren't that many people there, we're, you know, we, we don't have a following in L.A. yet. But I'm telling you, like, it's it started. To be, like, I really felt like I was where I was back then. Like, my my brain turned off. Like, I was no longer conscious. I just left the building, right? And I'm in my, I'm in my place where I'm going crazy. It's and like,
0: I'm am an accountant by day. I know I look like one. Um, but I get to play music <laughs> at night time. You know, and uh, you know, I'm lucky enough that my partner plays, and I've got a whole bunch of you know, all my close friends sort of play music and this and that. And you're absolutely right. You go, you know, you go home from your day job, whatever that is, and you can be sitting in front of a computer working on numbers all day. You come home and re- turn on an amp and just crank the crap out of it, and just play yeah. a couple of riffs, and suddenly, like, you're in that happy place. It might even be your home at a mate's place, or if you have the opportunity to play on stage, even if you know I've been playing in a cover band just to just to keep me going. But even playing that, um, you know. I hate playing Bon Jovi as much as I hate playing Bon Jovi songs. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the ability to go, you know what? Everyone in the room is enjoying living on a prayer for the four millionth time. Uh, that's what I'm here to do. And that, that's, it's the best part of playing music. You're just seeing one or two people go absolutely nuts in a crowd. That's all you need sometimes.
1: It's true though, you know, and, and what is, I mean, you know, Budweiser's the number one beer in America. There's no sense of that either. Like sometimes what's popular, <laughs> it's a mystery to me. But but like music has a certain, you know, we, we've we been joking about there's all these memes with Tool and, when, yeah. you know, the Tool, Tool album coming out. And so people are, you know, joking about this and that and time signatures and all that. And I'm like, you know, well, like, okay, they're great. But some people have a point in that sometimes you want the resolutions to fall where they fall naturally, where you feel, you know, we feel the way music creates tension and then resolves. And then when you leave it on what, whatever note that didn't resolve so that it takes you somewhere else, but all those things are almost in our flesh, you know, the way we, we expect them or we, we hear them, um, which on the flip side, when you can do it, where it makes no sense and yet then you want to listen to it again. Like I really think some of the Deli Creep songs, as we're breaking them down when we're rehearsing them it's like you start thinking man i don't know how he thought that structure like what it doesn't make like some of the songs make no sense but then once you've heard the whole song you go wow oh, yeah that was cool I get- all right and then you want to hear it again so you can figure out what the hell like boomchika boomchika yeah. is a really good example that yeah, song yeah. is really yeah. It's strange. It it seems like it's like four songs
0: mashed into one that somehow syncs together with, you know, and it's amazing like that. I I love it. Um, It's always uh, chores is a bit like that as well. I'm just pulling up the record here, but chores is a bit like that, and that's I every time I try and work out how to play that, I don't even know where to begin. Um, Yeah, it's songs like that that just sort of stick with you though because it's got this atonality to it, but there's a melody hidden in there. And it's that almost subconscious level of melody writing that you're looking yeah. for within music, and you know maybe it's you know be- because I've had the opportunity to play so much music. I'm sure I'm sure some people who who you know they're not going to be into that at all, like you know with a pop right. with a pop sensibility, but for someone uh, you know like myself and my you know friends who like this sort of insane sort of fun, you know try your best to freak each other out sort of music. Um, yeah, that's where it really, it really shines.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, whatever makes you feel good is, is what works. We, and by the way, I wanted to just talk because you, you said something about lyrics yeah. and I was remembering about how I would go off on a diatribe about mad cow disease every now and then on <laughs> stage with, with Buckethead with Deli Creeps. Well, so in the new band, we're doing a song called Spongiform where I've taken that, that idea and then uh, filled it out, and so that song is going to be really whacked. It's mm. basically about you know that you're becoming a different person inside. Because if you know anything about mad cow disease, it mm. people hear voices, and then you know, I mean, it's bad. So, uh, but bad sometimes a great yeah. subject matter for a great song. So, well, well, so some of the new stuff is going to be whacked. I'll, that's all I'm going to well, say.
0: If, if I can make one request as a as a guy just sitting in his uh, home office here in Australia. Uh, one of the songs, when you talked about lyrics, one of the songs that always gets me, and I think is one of the, the be- most beautiful dally Creep songs, and this was off the uh, the album, what, 2006 or 2005, whenever you re- uh, released that one there, uh, is Time.
1: Right. And I never, right.
0: like, you know, at the beginning, I'm like, yeah, it's such a simple song, and it's beautiful, and the guitar solo is fantastic. and the- But the lyrics you wrote for that song there, and even the melody line, which I think you almost put on a, a new style of vocal a new vocal yeah. performance on that song as well. Um, the more I listen back to it, I'm like, Jesus Christ, the lyrics are just absolutely phenomenal. And that, you know, one of the songs that really, you know, that's one of the songs you can show your family members to, to get them into yeah. the band <laughs> as well. Which is, <laughs> yeah. a, It's a double, it's a double. You got to do both. But Time, absolutely fantastic song off that record. Um, and, and I think yeah. it's it, almost a, a little bit of a departure from like the insanity that yourself and Buckethead would write together Uh,
1: i think that was a right from the beginning we um we we actually said like we should write this just like write a song that's total like a total normal song (laughs) and make it and make it like it really matters and and it does matter i mean when it wasn't when i originally thought about it i just sat down and wrote some words and then it started to come and it was like oh i mean these things and it's weird it's almost uh like i wrote it when i was 21 or no 20 whatever it was yeah and you know now that i'm older i'm like shit that song means way more to me now than it did then when i understand what i wrote yeah it's kind of like i was looking into the future but but uh it was funny it was always that thing where people were like wait a second wait 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 you just (laughs) sang a song about about dressing out the neighbors because he's sick of doing chores and now he's singing about like this really meaningful deep and and that's what i wanted like i wanted people to go what is going on you know and when it was live uh you know i mean even now i i I still think that's a head scratcher because the one thing i've noticed in the last few shows is that chores is when i really start to go off the rocker a little bit Mm. and i think that that I'm, I'm trying to really focus on enunciation so that people can definitely get what I'm saying. They might not understand it real time, Yeah. but then, then, then when we get to time, it's like, well, why is he being so nice? All of a sudden he was just, he was just all mad a minute ago. He's mad and he's, I'm flailing around and, you know, I'm I'm edgy and mad. And, and then by the time we get to, can I ride, I've gone completely off, you know, the rails. And, and so then I can just completely just destroy on that song. And, I always feel like that's how we, we used to start with that song all the time, but now I feel like it's a good way to end because it's just a it's madness. A peak, yeah. That peak of like, yeah, that it's a good end peak. Of
0: the, you know, the, it, you, try, you try to take, it's something that's hard to describe to non-musicians. I think when you write a set list, you're trying to take the audience on a journey. It has to be that ebb and flow of the songs and, yeah. the, and, the, and the way that you, you know, you're playing music, you're singing this and that. And, you know, you want to be able to pull back a little bit to be able to give your voice a quick break so the next part, yeah. you know, which is always really, which is something I never realized until my partner was like, who's a vocalist, is like, I can't sing these two songs back to back, I will die.
1: <laughs> I've totally said that. And, like, and, yes, it's, it's brutal sometimes.
0: And um, and it's changed the way I've thought about set lists and this, and that I always describe yeah. it. And, um, you know, like Star Wars, it starts off, you start off pretty big. And then you go dip down in the story you know you set up luke and then it builds up again when they they, they save the princess and it dips down yeah. when they do this and right at the end that's when you blow up the death star and you leave them on that climactic yes. ending and that that's how i sort yeah, of think about. yeah and i think every, I mean, most i think most people have seen the original star wars at this point in time so i think it's that oh. for me as an analogy it should be pretty spot on
1: <laughs> i remember like uh i don't know like like the energy level that it takes is uh and like i in fact after our last show i went to the edge you know and i know where my my edge is growing like because i've been playing more and so i'm starting to be able to handle the antics and stuff mm-hmm. but then i was like you know what that's it i gotta i gotta get in better shape and so um since then i've been i've been totally like i've changed my diet that's and fantastic. um so yeah like so i've already lost like probably 35 pounds since our last show. Oh
0: man. That's and, amazing.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. So by the time we play again, I'm not going to fall down <laughs> dead, which is good. Cause it was like, Whoa, man, I'm seeing like little spark <laughs> sparklers going off. I'm like, Oh, that's not good. I think that's oxygen depletion. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's so much fun to just to leave them with a, with a, you know, a nice baseball bat. Yeah. I, I t- I'll tell you too. Like, this happened back in the day, like when we played with Guar. Um, you know, Guar's got a big, huge built-in yeah. audience. This the Deli Creeps, and you know they're there to see Guar. They don't give a shit about the opener, right? Yeah. And so we played a couple pretty big shows with them. And um, the the second one, it was like you know when you first come out, they're they're down in the front, like you know screw you, and you know but you know they don't like you, they don't like you. And um, but by the third song, it was like it starts to change right yeah. and then by the last song you get a big yeah! yeah and that's it man like if if you can do that every time like there you go you know whole, just change the room
0: changing a whole audience to to from not wanting to listen to you at all to, to loving you and wanting to buy that you know the record at the, the merch stand that's the that's a really big yeah. part of music these days
1: yeah yeah you got to sell them you know and but I'm lucky. The guys that I'm playing with now are are all uh, they're all good. I mean, Rene is the drummer. He he played with Bucket and I before. Right. We He played with Bucket by just them, and then I was in a little project that we played a few shows. Um, is that the hook and pull? Yeah, yeah hook yeah, and pull yeah. gang. Yeah, yeah. So that was he's a badass. Like you know, he um Bucket gave him cuckoo clocks from hell and said. You know, <laughs> do you think you could learn this? And he came back like in, I don't know what it was, a week or two. And he played the first three songs. He could play them on drums. Yeah, amazing. And I, you know, and later on we talked about that. And and I just said, yeah, you know, that's not, I go, that, that's not real. You go, you're playing like, you're playing drums that were put together by, you know, by Dan, Dan yeah. Monty. And um, how did you do that? You know, because some of the drumming on there is insanity. It's it- like, what? Oh, whoa. whoa, whoa whoa so that guy like he definitely proved his uh mettle at that point and then we we saw each other actually at a buckethead show we um ran into each other in la and uh, a couple of years ago and he said you know what we should do something and i'm like well let's do it so that's, that's where that started yeah, yeah
0: that's awesome and i'm um, like you know you just said we did the hook and pull gang i think that was like um mid-2000s give or take and stuff like that while yeah. Parker, they were doing the guns and roses thing which is it's yeah, amazing yeah. to think that he was like recording with Guns N' Roses, playing with um, you know, um, recording with Guns N' Roses, the same playing shows and stuff like that, and then just coming to play guitar and stuff with you guys. And at the same yeah. point in time recording some I think some of his best albums, like, you know, Pepper's Ghost, oh, yeah. um, The of Glass oh. and all those albums are just riff mastery when it comes yeah, to that. He, sort
1: was, of thing. he was on fire around that time and Dude, in my i mean i I don't even think there's any question he's the he's the riff he's the riff king on earth i i've i mean i love guitar i'm i'm into everybody i've listened to all the great guitar players and you know i'm learning a lot more about some of the modern the modern stuff with with the gent and all that but but if you're talking about riffs and especially rhythmic Mm. and you know like just it Dude, his his pocket, so to speak, on the guitar is unparalleled, and, and that's why I like when I talk about you know the whole thing with singers. It's like, dude, man, you're you're. Yeah, I'm like I'm like you making all these albums. Like make some with some vocalists because yeah. those freaking riffs and like just having these, yeah. And, and actually, this kid that I'm playing with, it's like, dude, they're, they're swear to God, you know, they're cut from the same cloth. It's like uh, like they can just spew out like. 50 riffs and then you know and i mean every time i see this kid he's got a new not one he's got 10 like oh and i came up with this and but that's how it was with bucket bucket would literally just sit there and it was like a sprinkler like it was just going oh that was a song you know there's 20 more riffs i mean it was just it was wild and so i would have to like sort of like rein him in a little and go okay wait 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 put that first one together with with that one and then you know and it was like okay could you could you combine those and then make a you know make a chorus and you know so it was like it was like having your own computer yeah that, that was spitting out music so and i guess that's how Anyways, it was
0: yeah. i guess that's how it was during the enter the chicken recording because i feel like you know getting surge tanking on a project with a, a myriad of other vocalists including yourself i mean we're talking yeah. that's that for me an album with some of the tastiest riffs I've ever heard and some of the most fantastic vocalists and vocal performances I've I've heard, and, you know, at that oh, point in time, ass. I think. Yeah. Um, and especially yourself, The Hand, I, I think my, my partner can't even listen to it because of how intense it is. And I love it. Like, it's, so, it's a Do hand. you know the
1: story about that song? No,
0: no. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because I, I've, I've heard that there is a story behind it, but I'd, well, I'd like to hear it from the person who wrote the lyrics. It's amazing. All
1: right. Well, it's very simple. Um I had the music. I had it for a week and I had been going over actually had two songs. And so the one song we ended up doing on our album, which was um Buried Deep Stays Buried Still. Yeah. We were that was gonna be on the Enter the Chicken album. Yay. But then then um I think Serge wanted it to just be kind of one one grouping per project. So like, yep. you know, one song with me, which was fine and we liked Buried Deep, so we kept it on the way I had been thinking about it. So anyways, um, we go there and we're going to do that song, the hand. I don't have a freaking clue what I'm going to sing. I didn't write anything, <laughs> nothing. I want, we went to, to Serge's house, um, to record vocals in his, his studio at his house. And there was an engineer. And so anyways, I'm sitting in the, in, the, the, the sort of room next to the console. And there was a magazine and I pick up a magazine and, and, start looking for pictures and then i don't know it was some other picture on an art book or something but it was just sitting there and and Bucket goes look at this and it was a guillotine and he goes you can can you write a song about this and i just instantly said yeah i can i didn't write it i didn't write anything down whatsoever i just looked at it and i went into the studio and i thought to myself what if buckethead's hand got chopped off in the guillotine and then he was trying to get it back so he could play with it so he could play guitar because it's the hand it's the, he needs his hand and yeah. so so then i just turned into this narrative you know first person where i'm like i've just chopped my hand my own hand off with a guillotine you know why <laughs> why would you put it in there i mean i asked the question it's like i i didn't you know how, how can anything go wrong right by putting your hand in a guillotine uh. and then um and then i thought about like if you pick it up and i I said, well, I don't know what I can do with it. I can still pet the dog with it. That got everyone. So I just went completely 100% improv through two full takes of the whole song. And when I walked out. And that's
0: it. Two takes. Done. That's it.
1: Two takes. <laughs> oh and I walked out and and Serge was just like, he was shaking his head. <laughs> and, and then his, his assistant was looking at me. And then he looks at everyone else, you know, Bucket and Dan were there, and he, and he says, how did, how did he do that? Yeah. How did he do that? And I'm just like, and I'm like, I'm still in the zone, so I couldn't really have, like, a, a normal conversation at that moment. But I just remember hearing that. It's like, how the hell did he do that? Yeah. And Serge was just like, dude, you are the – I mean, he, he, we played together, right? We played with System of a Down before. So it was yeah. – he he knew yeah. about me, and they were they liked us. They, that's why we played with them. Cause, that's amazing. They they dug the deli creeps and so um so he knew I was a, a crazy person so yeah. whatever it worked out but I loved it and then they brought in the the, the opera singer and holy crap like once I heard the finished version I'm yeah. like oh that's badass yeah you know that oh, bad you don't, ex- they- you don't
0: expect it on that song at all because it comes in I think with her with the uh, and I can't remember the vocalist name but yeah, like, the- yeah, yeah 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 and then the uh, riff honey, just also- riff like rips through. And then your vocals just come in, you know, and now that you say it, it does sound like you just, it was in the moment that captured that one piece of magic at that point in time. Um, Yeah. And it, and it just all accumulates to this beautiful, almost a mess, but it's very, it feels very structured in a, in a, in a strange way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the same thing happened with found body. We, we did that all totally on the fly. There were no lyrics and, we were just at Travis Dickerson's studio, and um, he said, "We're rolling." And those guys started jamming, and I heard the jam, and I'm, "Oh, that's good." You know, started again, and then they started the jam again, and I just started singing, and um, and then he came in and did one secondary tracking of guitar. But everything you hear in that song is almost, I think it's only two takes. Wow. I ran through, and then I ran a second time just to. That was it, and Start then they up vocals you
0: know, and stuff like that they, here and there. Yeah, area. they
1: put it together. And it sounded badass, but it was all just, I mean, I love that. If you can get people who are comfortable and that's, you know, one of the beautiful things about these modern players is they're like this kid. I mean, they can just punch in and, and we, we track stuff at rehearsal and it's like he's done it 10 times or 20 times. And it was one take and you're like, you nail, I mean, rarely does he take more than three tries at something. Yeah. These guys are just, they're so freaking precise. And like, yeah. you know, anyways, it's a, uh, <laughs> it's pretty mind blowing. That's, and then but I do my, you know I guess I get to improv and be crazy. So yeah,
0: and was that the same sort of stuff when you like? I know you did. It was only backing vocals on the Praxis album. And you got to meet a, a whole bunch of it would have met a whole bunch of people for that for that pra- final Praxis album as well.
1: I am. Um, I just did the chorus right because yeah. the I wrote the chorus. I wrote the lyrics and then um and uh. first I was going to do some, some stuff on the verses, but then Bill called and said he had what he wanted on the verses and said, just focus on the chorus. And so I listened to it and I, you know, I, I, they told me it was going to be political and sort of, uh, um, like being mournful towards the, the sort of dystopian direction that everyone was feeling we were in. And, um, and so I just thought, I'm just, you know, one of the things, and it still resonates every day, especially in our modern social media driven political culture, is that I'm just not into anyone, one group or another, telling us all what to think or what to believe. And so those words come from my heart, you know, it's like, you know, like you're okay if you kill for the right team, right? That's basically yeah. <laughs> how it rolls in our country. And, uh, you know, I, I did this whole diatribe in studio with Travis and we lost it, unfortunately. But uh, I just did this whole thing on, you know, like how I as the the homicidal maniac character, that's no good, right? I'm bad because I want to murder someone for my own gain. But now if we roll in some tanks and bombers for for a larger gain, no, you're good. You're good. Go ahead. And It was really funny. I just went up on this whole, like this diatribe. Well, if I had my own aircraft carrier, I could just do whatever I want at that point, you know, but heaven forbid I slit someone's throat. Yeah. Yeah, So anyways, yeah.
0: And so let's go, let's go into the new band because I, I've seen some, uh, some few clips on YouTube. You're on Instagram posting stuff all, uh, all the time, uh, on Facebook and stuff like that. How did you come across these, this new group of, of players and, um, who was crazy well, enough to take you up on the offer?
1: <laughs> I gotta tell you, so I start with Renee. Yeah. And um and and the really shitty thing is that uh Ryan, the guitar player, he was like he sent me something when he was fifteen years old and, and wanted me to listen to it. And I did listen to some stuff and I and I saw some things he did on Instagram. I just didn't realize it was him, right? And then and then so we we somehow he answered I don't know. I started posting, you know, I need a guitar player. And, and I think Renee was putting stuff out too. And um, and then this kid shows up, you know, and I don't even know if he was 18 yet by then. I think he was still 17. In fact, yeah, he was. And I'm like, a 17-year-old guitar player? How, you know, is this, this kid's not going to be that good. And then I start watching his stuff and I'm like, dude, what the hell? I mean, this kid's, this kid's good, right? And then I realize it's the same kid from two years ago. I should have picked him up then. I would, you know, we we'd already be a band. Like a big band, but anyways, it's, um, then, um, bass player has been the hard part, you know, and it always was, it was with the Deli Creeps. I think we had five or six bass players in the Deli Creeps. Yeah. Bass yeah, players six.
0: are, are, are good yeah, just, there's lots of bass
1: players. None of them are good. <laughs> yeah. They're not good. And they're not, um. a lot of times they're, they're the least, uh, I don't know, whatever. It seems like, and I'm not talking about the current one that I'm yeah, with, yeah. but yeah. Uh, maybe more about the Deli Creeps era. My cousin was 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 toenail. He was and he was solid for quite a while, so that was great. But you know, sometimes they just they don't stick around or whatever. But um, but uh, Zech is the the current bass player, and he's really good. He went to Musician Institute in L.A. and then and then he was living in Arizona, and so the guy had to commit to moving from Arizona to California, which he's done. And um, you know, I really appreciate that. He's got kind of a crazy, uh, mad Celtic look with you know long ass hair. So it's good. I got a couple guys with long hair, and then and then it doesn't make me look so bad. I'll just be the you know the kindly gentleman up there singing about horrible things. But um, and then Renee is you know he's great. So Renee, Zech, Ryan, and Bob. Yeah.
0: And, yeah. and the writing um, process is just getting into a rehearsal space. I mean, I've listened to uh, at least three songs you've sort of put out there. Maybe they're just demo tapes and stuff like that. Or uh, I think so, like gate, The Gates, All Ever Wanted, and Tommy. They're the yeah. three I've been able to
1: scrounge around. Yeah, and now, all I Ever Wanted was actually a Delicreeve Creep song. Um, but we kind of resurrected it and he changed the riff a little bit. And, um, and I make no like i don't hide that fact when i registered it i I added buckethead's name to the yeah to you know just make sure everything's on there but yeah that that song we only played live i think four times and um it was an interesting thing because uh i had the song in the studio it used to be sledge fest right and i didn't i never i never really embraced it it wasn't my favorite so i thought well i'm gonna do some new lyrics to this song and i think at first Bucket was like, ah oh, man, you know, he didn't he didn't like that. It was more sort of normal in a way. Mm. But then later he did. I mean, after he heard it for a while and he was like, all right, that is pretty badass. Let's just do it. <laughs> and so we did it. And and um, so I wanted to play that song again. And then the Gates, I kind of wrote the Gates by myself. And then um, I got Ryan to to play better guitar, you know, play a little more. Because I did it with MIDI and that sucks. And yeah. You know, anyways, uh, so I had, I had, I'm like, yeah, a real let's get to play. play this, this yeah, i yeah. a real guitar. <laughs> it's hard, man. I did another song, um, with with some other people helping too. That, um, the, what's you know, what the hell? Why am I spacing on the song?
0: <laughs> Tommy? Uh,
1: no. Well, Tommy, Tommy was a song. The riffs were all written by by Ryan before. We got together and then we just sort of we switched it up a little and then i wrote the you know obviously i write all the lyrics so yeah it's um, kind of, and this, this whole
0: setup kind of reminds me of um uh the second phase of the whole van halen thing apparently van halen was very like he used to write fragments of songs and sammy Hagar used to put them in in order in yeah way, yeah that, that sort of and it sounds like a very similar sort of uh methodology of songwriting like you know there's hundreds and hundreds of ideas just plowing through and some you're just making sure that they you know not fit a normal you know not necessarily a normal structure but a structure that's allowing uh the rest of the band to be creative at the same time
1: yeah it, you know I'm, I'm experiencing that right now with two, the two of the songs we're, we're finishing is that in the old paradigm with bucket it was like here just here's pieces and we would kind of just put them together but it was um it was like it was never natural vocally. Like songs were never you know, your A B A B yeah. C, you know. I mean it, it was very uh different. And then what I find is is I like that better. So like these guys I'm I'm kinda trying to get them comfortable with the fact that like, no, you go ahead and put the structure the way you want it, and then I'll find my my route because sometimes it forces me to make these abrupt it changes, but that brings out good stuff, like chores. That that song had all these weird, abrupt sort of switches, mm. and I'm like, oh, well, I'll I'll just and it's almost like I just let it take me emotionally. Mm. the the phonetics I might think the phonetics or the or the you know and then I'll add the words or it's the other way around. Sometimes I have all the words written and then I have to figure out what I'm going to do with them. But uh, either way, I like the the I don't know the organic sort of nature of it rather than I hate regular structures. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't hate them. Some of the greatest songs are, but yeah, for me, it just is. It fits more with my personality to yeah. be a little out to lunch. So that's amazing. Um,
0: uh, that's
1: really cool. Yeah, no, it's,
0: it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's because cool. It's, cool it's it's always interesting to hear um, how a band or you know or a musician puts the songs together because at the end of the day, it's that expression and you know. And I don't know, you know, if you're, you said you were programming guitars. It's very different once you get a real musician in the room, you know. I've programmed drums for a whole bunch of the stuff that I've done. Uh, But then I get my mate in (laughs) to record me, like the drum track. He goes, I changed it completely. It's much better now. And you listen to it and you go, I can see what he's doing. Like, I just don't have the brain to do that. Right. And and he'll do the same for me. He goes, I want the guitar riff to go, nah, 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 like like that. And then I'll come back and go, oh, it sounds better like this and more natural for me you know, it's kind of sounds like this guy influenced by this and he'll go, that's better because yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that, and- it's that human element to it and and you can hear influences. And I think that's a really important part of music is not to say like, oh, you, yeah. know, it, you know, to show yeah, the influences it- that you, that got you to the place that you are, as well as, you know, make it your own, you know, put those Queen yeah, it- and Dully Creek songs together to try and make a, a cool, <laughs> a cool riff. You know, that's that's the important thing.
1: Yeah, it, it's um it's interesting too how vocalists and guitar players and drummers they they might not all be hearing like I uh, like I know like one song the Spongiform song was so completely done by by Ryan mm. and I didn't want to change anything cuz when I listen to it I'm like shit this song's perfect. Yeah. Like I wouldn't change anything about it structurally. Now I'll just figure out what I'm going to do. But then there's other times when maybe we're putting together pieces and i'm like yeah guys but you got to think like i mean i don't i don't have to like lobby or anything i mean we're we're pretty just like okay we'll do this we'll do this but like you know sometimes you want to figure out well that vocal needed to do something and then you know crazy part about this kid is he never thinks about solos and i've kind of had to like kind of have had to like say hey dude you know you know you're a badass right and um (laughs) people who are into badass guitar players like guitar solos, Mm. you know, even not, maybe you don't have to do it the whole, like the whole song, like game day, but yeah. And so now he's getting better at finding the niches for that. And, and they're also not all the same, which is also how Bucket was. He didn't, he didn't always put the solo in the same, you know, spot of, of the song, which was great. He completely
0: changed what the riff he was playing over, like like, going to a different part. Um, I remember like binge and grabs a good example of that. The, the intro to the solo, into the solo chords, are completely different. Yeah. To to the yeah. rest of the song, and then it comes back into that you know, almost uh, Van Haleny uh, type. Going back to Van Halen, back Van Haleny type. Uh, I always think of Panama. I think the first time I played it for my partner, she was like, "Isn't it just Panama?" I'm like, "I can hear that now. I can I can definitely hear that now." Yeah, yeah. 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 And but it's it's you really know- cool because it's a completely different. It it's the Dally Creeps version of panama which is yeah awesome
1: yeah. you know yeah i think shadows i mean that's that's one song that um because we never recorded it for the album yep um i still want to do that song you know and i i would i you know i have mixed emotions about some of the songs being outside of buckethead and i you know like um like i was I was a little bummed when he did uh when he did random killing with Bill yeah. and turned it into I come in peace cuz like that had been my baby. Like if I were yeah. going to look at the entire catalog of Deli Creep songs and you said what's the one song that's like your baby even though I'm not a murderer, yeah. like the emotion and the and the way that I approached that song, it felt like my that was my peak. Right. Yeah. That was my holy shit. When we walk off the stage after that song, because that's what we used to end with. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. the that's the bring the house down. Because what do you do after you've just narrated choking the life <laughs> out of someone and really seem to enjoy it? Like, you know what I yeah. mean? And So and it, I don't have hard feelings about it. I, I just feel like, well, there's some things that, that should kind of remain. In a way like, uh, you know, like, I don't know, like it's special. I, yeah, and so I, Shadows always felt that way to me because yeah. he and I wrote that song and it was like it was when we hadn't decided exactly what we were going to be like. We we wrote that before songs got crazier and crazier. Right. Yeah. And so it was kind of like this melodic and um yeah, it was it was like a rock song. And, yeah. But I would love to freaking play it again. So <laughs> at least we could play it. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be good. And like you said, binge and grab. Holy crap! I love that song.
0: It's, uh,
1: it's, it's just funny. It's, it's
0: a, and it's so you know as a guitar player, it's so fun to play. It's so tricky in in certain ways, but so fun to play. And um. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love it. Um Yeah. Yeah. So uh, another question, obviously, is when the Australian tour is happening? Because uh, I may be the only person ah. in the audience, but um,
1: that's that's cool though. <laughs> I you know what we're working on um on getting more happening you know yeah. and so um uh, it's been hard just because of different uh circumstances and um we're all kind of we don't live super close to each other yeah like R- renee's all the way on the coast and then i'm sort of in you know claremont where i used to live with buckethead and then and then um everyone else like the other guys way down south uh bass player and guitar players in the middle but yeah. but anyways it's it's harder to get together than it was with the deli peeps we spent every day in practice yeah, yeah, you know yeah. we practice four or five times a week so now it's it takes more time and so but i really think we're we're starting to really get stuff done which is good and then next we'll play again that's awesome so yeah we want to play the new song so because i'm they're badass like uh, yeah the dude he's a badass guitar player and his his riff precision is is more like modern, you know, like some of the animals as leaders kind of, mm. you know, he's a, able to be very precision and, you know, Meshuggah kind of mm. heaviosity if you want, but, and then still we got to mix it back to, to me, right. It, yeah. it, it can't be one of those bands. It's not in my nature as a singer, Yeah. but so we're trying to find, and I, I feel like as long as the topic of the song takes me somewhere weird emotionally, then I'll, I'll find the right, Tenor that I'm going for with the singing. So, but I love it. You know. nah, Anyways, it it's so good to, I will get, no get, to to... Right? Yeah. We'll get to Australia. All right. We'll get to Europe and we'll get to Australia. <laughs> so, yeah, don't worry. And by then, maybe 10 people will know. And you that's can, right. You can I'll you tell 10 up.
0: people. That's it.
1: <laughs> hey, if we could tour with someone, then, then that would help.
0: That's amazing. So,
1: anyway. But, and uh, I yeah, think... in fact, trying to get a sh- bungle show you know that would be the best thing that would be amazing the I heard, aren't they,
0: weren't they getting back together for a little bit to do a couple of sh- random yeah they're shows playing here and
1: there? now they're playing three in la so oh, i'm like come on <laughs> but i don't know how to get a hold of anybody just, just yeah, i haven't him, talked to anybody in years
0: just give them just give them a call just you know just send them a, a tweet or a or something like that yeah. it's gonna be some sort of way
1: yeah i'll try i mean we've been trying whatever awesome.
0: <laughs> and, yeah. Um you know sort of been saving and how's your relationship with Buckethead now because he's obviously doing his whole massive series and this and that and if you don't want to talk about it too much obviously it's all good but you know what
1: I don't mind talking about it it's it's not with this like because in all reality I it's slowed down in the last six months I think because enough people have seen things that have been written and whatnot and but you know for a while I was like oh my god every other day I'm I'm being asked about Buckethead, and I'm like, listen, here's the deal. I haven't even spoken to him in, oh God, it's I think eight years, six, at least six years. And I don't, I understand one thing, and that is that when we see each other, it's like a forest fire, right? I mean, like we don't, we don't not get along. Yeah. We, when we don't see each other for a couple of years or whatever back then when we did see each other, it was like, everything's the way it was, you know, we're just, we're just kind of naturally like, we're like good friends naturally. But then I don't think, you know, he didn't want it to take him off the route that he's on, you know, and he, he's, he likes what he's doing and the way he's doing it. And, you know, I don't blame him. I mean, it's working for him. And I'm sure if he were being completely honest, he would say the shows we played were probably his most, you know, or among the most fun things he ever did. And that he would probably do that if that were, you know, if it were a question of of the only show that he could play for the rest of time, but it's, it's okay. You know, but I, I don't, I miss the, not the music more. I miss the, you know, we were friends, like we were friends before we were in a band together. And so I missed that part of it. And, uh, and I'm sad because, you know, his like where I knew him in Claremont and with all the family and stuff, that's all changed so much. But um yeah, he's and you know what? Flat out, he's he's a really good dude. He's a he's one of if not the nicest people I've ever met in my life. And um so anything that that takes him in the direction that it he goes in is not malicious towards me. You know, I'm sure that he wished it could be but I just think he knows if we hung out, then pretty soon we'd be, you know, like playing a show or something. And then he, you know, and it just gets him out of his, out of his, uh, his element. So anyways, yeah, but he's a good dude. And, um, it, it's been good with Renee because Renee knew him also. And so we have some common ground there and like, um, you know, it, it just keeps us all on the, on the sort of real and not, a not, they don't need to glorify, you know. They don't need that tie-in where it's like, you know, oh, because this was a buckethead thing. It, they like the music, mm. you know, and we all like the music. So when we play it, it's like we're doing this because yeah, it's badass, mm. you know. The dude wrote some nasty shit on guitar. He's he's a freak, you know. Yeah. But yeah, but anyways, I'm I'm sure I'll talk to him before I die, you know. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I feel that way, you know. Like I, I'm sure the day will come, That's but him. and I was. I was worried for all that time when he was hurting with his back and, you know, and it didn't look good there for a while. And then when I heard about the heart thing, I'm like, yeah, you know, I expected it would be me, you know, I mean, I have health issues, but I'm getting better, Mm -hmm. you know, losing weight helps. But yeah, I never thought he'd be the one to say he had a heart problem. Yeah. Holy moly. So I'm hoping that's all good. That's right. Yeah.
0: Well, you never know. One day, I might see both of you in Australia, which would be... Uh, yeah, inconceivable well. <laughs> to me, mate. Like it's, it's. It, I've always said one of the reasons was to come and you know, if the Dali Creeps were still, I think back in the said if the Dali Creeps were playing in America and I could afford it, and I was at university or high school at the time doing that sort of stuff, yeah. I would have loved to have been able to do it. But um, hopefully, in the future, I'm able to do see both and and um, yeah, experience experience the stuff that got me into uh, this weirder, crazier, more insane side of music. And, there you uh, go, and, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, they, ne- they say never meet your idols, but this, i got to say, Bob has been one of the most, um, exciting, fun and craziest things I've ever been able to do. So I want to absolutely thank you. It's been a long time in the making to get you on the show.
1: Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, um, can I, can I, uh, can you plug one thing? You can plug, i, I really- was going to let you plug whatever you want, mate. Go for All it. All right. Well, I got to say, um, I want everyone to go to stockyardskinners.com and then, um, click on the join herd page and put in their email and all that because yeah. it's not just about live but but you know just a way to reach out to people. We're gonna have merchandise and all that yeah. stuff. But but it's also just to make sure people hear the music, you know?
0: Absolutely.
1: And um, in fact on that note I I'm still sort of perplexed why the deli creeps aren't on Spotify, but whatever. Well, uh, luckily that, someone luckily should make I have that a, happen.
0: a physical copy mate. That's the <laughs>
1: There you go. Well, I got about I got a hundred of those. If somebody needs one, so absolutely, yeah, they're just sitting. I like every now and then I'll give one to someone who who says, "Oh my God," you know. Or, <laughs> I, I read something on Facebook and they say they can't find it, and you know I reach out. But no, anyways, yeah. Cool. So thanks, man. I appreciate no,
0: this. and make sure you know um, you're on spot. Uh, sorry, on um, Instagram, you're on um, Facebook as well. So make sure you follow yeah. Bob on there. All these music projects and stuff like that. That's how I got in contact with you. And, um, hopefully cool, more yeah. people get it, you know, get, you know, um, we've shown people that may not have listened to you before, uh, some exposure to the, some of the stuff you've done, your incredible career, all the new stuff that you've done, you know, um, incredibly lucky to be able to play and continue to write music. And I hope to hear a whole bunch more stuff from you right in on. the future, man. You will. It's, it's awesome. Crazy stuff.
1: Thank <laughs> you so much, right? Yeah. Thank you so
0: much. Oh, yeah. look, I'll just do my little outro for the show. <laughs> And then that's it. All right. uh, so for all the lovely people who have been listening to the show, uh, for all your wanking needs, make sure you go and follow us on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, Instagram, <laughs> and Facebook. And if you'd like to send us some hate mail, a death threat, or a rant, record it on your phone and email us at weonlydoonetakepodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Bob, like I said, uh, incredible pleasure. Um, not in my wildest dreams what I thought that this would actually occur. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, you're welcome, man. Thank you, Church.
0: Thank you. And we will see all you lovely people next Thursday.
1: Cool, man. Man, I... I
0: incredible awesome <laughs> I'm, I'm, so I'm that's sure it i'm sure there's so many more stories but uh maybe oh, we'll yeah, have to, yeah. once you start touring and doing more stuff man i'd love to have you back
1: right on all right awesome, thank man. you
0: thank you so much for your time okay. ha- go have some more right. time with the family have some dinner right oh, on. i'm sure we'll be in contact soon i'll let you know when this comes out
1: okay cool thank enjoy so saturday
0: thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> right on saturday. man Bye. bye,
1: bye.